welcome to episode 7 of At Work, Race Reflections, podcast dedicated to all things inequality, injustice and oppression at work. As you know, the podcast is all about your queries, your dilemmas and your questions. So please get in touch if you would like us to consider particular situations or if you would like to hear some of our reflections around a particular problem that you are facing in the workplace. Now, a lot has happened over the past fortnight or so, and a lot has happened most definitely since we started at work. So I do not want to talk you through all that we have been doing at Rest Reflections. Nonetheless, I think it's important that I remind you that our doors are open for enrollment. As some of you may know, we open doors two times a year or so. And this is to allow ourselves to make new members comfortable, to ensure that we can look after the members that we have before expanding. But it is this time of the year when we are again open for enrollment and membership will give you a range of benefit such as access to training and seminars and talks and cutting edge articles on all things inequality, injustice and oppression with a particular emphasis on anti-racism. So I would say, please check us out, go and check the membership and hopefully I shall see you and meet you within Race Reflections. So that is the first thing. The second thing is, as I had promised in the last podcast, Living While Black is out. It is finally out and I could not be more proud of the work that has gone into the book. As I've said a number of times, it's an important book for people of colour, but particularly for black people who might struggle with experiences of anti-blackness, who might need some support, some strategies, some tools to navigate white supremacy and to heal and recover from experiences of racial trauma. So please go and grab your copy. It's only 10 quid or so. As a first published author, it is so important that I get support early on in the process. So if you have been able to get an order while the book was not quite published yet. So if you have been able to essentially support my pre-orders, I want to thank you warmly and with all my heart. So two things, we opened for enrollment and Living While Black is out. And now that I've managed to get those two important things out of the way, let us focus on at work and this episode. So for this episode, I guess I'd like to muse a little bit about surviving the workplace as black and how toxic and how damaging workplaces can be 
for people who are racialized as black. Fairly recently, I have been reflecting on the fact that if I think about my mother's generation and I think about, therefore, women in their 60s and 70s who are at, I would say, retirement age or thereabout and have worked all their life in France. One thing that I've come to realize is that I do not know a single woman of color. I do not know a single black woman who has worked all her life and has come to enjoy retirement age in good health. Most of the women, actually all of the women that I know of that particular generation, and that includes my own mother, experience significant health problems, disabilities, chronic ill health. And I would say part of the burden of these difficulties is related to the workplace. And so I have been thinking about the harm about the liabilities that we face as black bodies essentially needing to work to survive. And so I wanted to think a little bit about that. It's an issue that I cover in Living While Black as well. So again, go and grab your copy if you would like to understand a bit more how essentially we are harmed in the workplace. But I want to propose some ways. Of course, if I look at my mom's experience and her experience in the workplace, and if I look at women of that particular generation, migrants, the bulk of them, I would say, were possibly in manual position, despite often being educated simply because of xenophobia, uh, racialized xenophobia and racism. And so they were not necessarily given the opportunities to do work, which was commensurate with their expertise, experience, qualification. So in the case of women that I know of, many of them ended up being nurse assistant, carers, cleaners, working in some administrative position, but mainly, mainly, I would say, doing work that involve lifting, pushing, quite demanding in some ways on the body. And I think this is partly why we have this unequal distribution of ill health. Now, I remember reading late last year a report from the World Health Organization, which was raising alarm in relation to chronic health amongst people of color and women of color. So they had picked up disproportionate prevalence of chronic ill health, which is consistent with my own lived experience. And so circumstances might have changed somewhat because perhaps today we are a lot more conscious, mindful of health and safeties and the duty of care towards employees. And there are some legislation which were not perhaps in place 40 years ago, 30 years ago, when our parents and forebears were in the workplace. But nonetheless, there still is some significant challenge that can focus our attention for the rest of the podcast.
So some of the challenges that we must face, of course, is the inequalities in the workplace. So we're talking about structural racism in addition for many of us or the axis of oppression. So in my case, sexism. So the inequalities that are related to access to structures of power, to word condition, to essentially comfort at work mean that we are more likely to end up in position where even within the same workplace and with equal qualification, our conditions are likely to be poorer. So that is going to be a factor leading to health and mental health risk. Then we need to be thinking about experiences of discrimination in the workplace in relation to, for example, discipline, in relation to redundancy in relation to promotion as well. So that's going to overlap with the issue that I first mentioned. But in addition to that, there are going to be harmful dynamics that may lead to experience of interpersonal racism and also bullying and racial bullying. Now, those factors too are going to impact on our health. And there is something else. And of course, there are a lot more factors than those three broad areas, but we're only here for about 15 minutes, right? So I'm trying to focus on on broad areas that I think are quite significant. And one of those areas is the pressure that we put on ourselves or the pressure that is put on us from family members, from community members, from the culture with inverted comma. And it is the notion that we must work twice as hard. It is the notion that we must constantly be striving to achieve, that we have to prove ourselves, that we essentially have to put in extreme efforts in order to overcome structural racism and inequality. So I cover that again in Living While Black. But what that means is that not only are we disadvantaged structurally because of some of the structural inequalities that I've mentioned, not only are we also subject to harm interpersonally because, again, of discrimination, harassment, and also bullying, but in addition to that, there is a level of harm that is more internal and that is to do, at least in part, with issues of internalized racism and we might argue intergenerational trauma. And so those three levels of harm, I suspect, really weigh heavily on the sort of inequalities in relation to health, because I do believe that many of the inequalities that I am talking about for people who are of retiring age, right, are sustained because of inequalities in the workplace since we spend so much of our time at work. So what is it that we can do to look after ourselves? So as we like to do within at work is to give you some practical solutions, some reflection to protect you, to 
try and avoid some of the difficulties associated with the dynamics, with the processes and with the inequalities that we speak about. So in relation to mitigating health risk, mental health risk to people of colour, to black people. So the first thing that I would say is that if we're talking about three broad area of harm or three broad area that singularly or cumulatively increase risk to our health, then we need to think about what it is that we can do at those three levels to tackle the inequalities, to tackle the organizational hazard that are likely to weigh on ill health. So the first thing is, of course, tackling structural inequalities. And that is to do with, of course, how institutions function at macro level in relation to processes, in relation to, for example, who is recruited, the kind of culture that organizations reproduce, how fairly or unfairly, how safe or unsafe the organization might be for people of color. Because the everyday stress of navigating those contexts, those spaces, of course, over a lifetime are going to be costly. So this is an area to think about always tackle structural inequality, which lead to structural violence and therefore lead to health inequalities. The second area we spoke about and is related to the first one is tackle issues of bullying and issues of discrimination. It's very interesting that within most organizations, health and safety and well-being or health and safety and discrimination are sometimes separated. Now, this kind of individualistic and separatist thinking is really not in the interest of people of color because we do know that a bulk of the difficulties that people of color, that black people in particular experience in the workplace are going to be race related. And we do know empirically that race related concerns, complaints, grievances are likely to add a significant level of stress to employees of colour, in which case it makes very, very little sense to think of health and safety and to think of discrimination as separate issues and indeed to think about trauma and mental health as separate issues to health and safety as well. So thinking about how you can integrate the thinking, the policies, the processes around those areas is going to be an important important practice to attempt to tackle work-related health inequalities, which we might not see the impact straight away, you know, when we're young and we're healthy and we can move. I think the difficulties are likely to compound themselves as people age and as resources perhaps thin out and as the body become less physically resilient. And finally, there is this internal notion, right? Some psychologists call it goal-striving stress. There are various theories that exist to make sense of that internal pressure that we put on our career or that internal 
pressure that is put upon us by community and family members that might lead us to overwork, to aim to overachieve as a strategy, as a coping technique to overcome structural inequality. Now, we could spend a whole podcast on that. But I do want to say that overachieving, overworking is no defense, is no protection against structural reality. I always invite people that I coach and people that I work with to think about themselves outside of work. It's really, really important that we manage to have an identity that is not dependent on the workplace, that is not dependent on how we are treated at work, that's not dependent on our achievement. Our values as human being should not be contingent on the responsibility that we are given at work and our sense of worth should definitely not be contingent on the opportunities that we are afforded. Because of course, if we allow the structural context to define us and if we allow the workplace and colleagues and uh, bosses, opinions, evaluation of our abilities and skills to affect all of who we are and how we view ourselves, then we are also going to start disadvantage when it comes to our mental health and when it comes to our physical health. So the more we are able to hold on to a sense of who we are that is independent from the workplace, so that includes nurturing hobbies, perhaps having even side hustles, I think they're called, ensuring that we value relationship outside of work, all of those processes, all of those tools are going to render us less vulnerable to structural violence and to inequality in the workplace. So that is it, a few unscripted words on surviving the workplace, particularly in relation to safeguarding our health and our mental health, simply because of my concern and looking at women in particular, but people of color, black people more generally, who have worked so, so, so hard for, you know, 30, 40, sometimes 50 years and seen them in poor health at the time when they should be chilling and enjoying life and slowing down. And if there are things that we can do to reduce the risk to us and to our health and to our mental health, well, let's try and do them together. So that is it. That has been Ghislaine from Rest Reflection. Until next time, please take care.